Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hi, Ben. Hey, Fernando. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing really good, Ben. It's good to see you. Thank you. It's also good to see you, Travis Irvine. How are you? I'm doing well, Benjamin. Good to see you. Good to see you, Dr. Doctor, 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 doctor. Uh, we have a fantastic episode for y'all today. We're going to talk more about what's going on in Afghanistan. We're also going to discuss what's happening on the southern border. And we'll discuss workers' rights in the context of what's going on right now with Nabisco. Oh, The only thing sweet about Nabisco is its products because they treat their workers like trash. So Whoa. we will discuss uh, when it comes to workers' rights, we are always fighting for workers' rights mm-hmm. in this country again as the corporate overlords continue to get all their grubby hands into all our good, cold, hard cash. But before we get to that, we have a small update on a thing we were talking <laughs> about last episode. Television. Oh. We all know it. Mm. We love it. Mm-hmm. And what do people love the most? Competition. Ooh. But perhaps they don't love competition when it comes to activism. Okay. There's a CBS show we talked about it on last week's episode or uh, earlier this week's episode, The Activist. Evidently, there was some blowback because the show is such a bastardized version of activism and it really almost laughs in the face of anyone <laughs> like Edward Snowden, for example, yeah. anyone who's ever served prison time, like Muhammad Ali, for example, <laughs> anyone who has ever actually done anything to fight for human rights, probably doesn't like this television show, Hmm. The Activist. So, because of the blowback, CBS has changed the rules Hmm. of this show, The Activist. Again, for those that don't recall, it's six contestants, and they all have one mission in mind, and that is to have the cause that they care for so much be exposed and discussed at the G20 summit in front of world leaders As if world leaders give a flying fucking shit. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The idea, the idea of this show, the idea that we are pretending the world leaders don't know all of the crisis going on and aren't just actively avoiding them for their own monetary gain (laughs) is hilarious. Anyway, the activist show has now been changed. This is according to uh, CBS. This is a joint statement from CBS, Global Citizen, and Live Nation. They say... The Activist was designed to show a wide audience the passion, 
long hours, and ingenuity that, activi- that activists put into changing the world, hopefully inspiring others to do the same. However, it has become apparent the format of the show, as announced, distracts from the <laughs> vital work these incredible activists do in their communities every day. Hmm. The push for global change is not a competition <laughs> and requires a global effort. As a result, we are changing the format to remove the competitive element and reimagining the concept into a primetime documentary special. It will showcase the tireless work of six activists and the impact they have advocating for causes they deeply believe in. Each activist will be awarded a cash grant for the organization of their choice, as was planned for the original show. Mm. So isn't that nice? It's now a documentary. It's not a competition. Mm. So there you go. It's still a horrible, horrible premise for a show. (laughs) Well, it's CBS, so... Sometimes that's the best they can do. Right after honest. Big Brother. It's no Murder, She Wrote. I'll it is. Throw that out no, there. nothing is Murder, She Wrote. That show is iconic. Mm-hmm. And Angela Lonsbury, mm-hmm. she's a legend who needs to be loved forever and ever. I think we all agree with that. Oh, my God. Yes, <laughs> that's universal. You know, they say exposure doesn't pay the bills. So, you know, it, it, I, don't I don't know. know. What, what's the goal? What's the uh, goal? CBS's goal is to sell ads. There you go. Oh, so, <laughs> okay. All of the companies, uh, it's just, it's. I don't want to harp on it because we talked about it in the last episode. <laughs> if you are one of the competitors and you're like, I am here fighting um, for a better environment. And then the ads that come are like, have you thought about buying Apple? Yeah. And then the oceans are filled with those discarded products. Right. So you really can't have an activist show on CBS monetized by the corporations that are leading to the devastation of the exact thing you are pretending right. to care about <laughs> in the case of the environment. That would be oceans. It would be climate change. Yeah. It would be a lot of the things we are currently struggling with as California is on fire. <laughs> All right. Tonight's episode of The Activist is brought to you by BP. <laughs> Get a big old glass of oil. Drink up. <laughs> I mean, it's, it would be uh, it would be funny, Travis, if it wasn't so true. It wasn't so true. <laughs> if it wasn't so true, that would be funny. I'm sorry. But it really is the case. It's like when CNN was uh, again sponsored by Northrop Grumman, uh, talking about the horrors of war. My goodness <laughs> oh my gracious, Lord. please. Also, in a uh, in a, oh, actually, as a matter of fact, we could talk about this more in the workers' rights conversation. But just briefly, uh, companies are now getting rid of drug tests because they can't find enough workers. Have you guys heard this story? Big worker shortage across America. There's a global uh, labor shortage because one of the things that happened during the 2020 pandemic was that people realized their life is a lot better Mm -hmm. outside of an office. Yeah. And after the pandemic, or as we're sort of living within the world of COVID now, people are a little bit more hesitant to go back into the office after mm-hmm. they realized spending time with their family might not be as bad as they thought. <laughs> so companies, in order to lure workers back into the uh, horrible sweatshops that are Amazon factories, have said, don't worry if you're fucked up. Just can you come in here, please? <laughs> I do love, it reminds me of that mad uh, television sketch, Lowered Expectations. Where oh. it was like, when less attractive people find, find one another, it seems as if the employers, the employers are now like, let's lower the expectations of our Tinder profile. I don't care anymore. If they're a little bit messed up, they can do a little bit of math. I just need them to show up for the date. That's all I right. need. I'm just so sick of getting stood up. 
Uh, I, I, we needed this to happen, you know. Of course, uh, yeah. but it also yeah. shows you how arbitrary these drug tests have been, anyway, exactly. as a seg- just a way to segregate the society. That's exactly, exactly what I was going to say. This, uh, this was an insurance ploy. You know, they yes. they say we drug test because the insurance companies require us to. Uh, so this whole time, the insurance companies, the only reason they did mm. it was so they could charge you for drug tests. Yeah, it's the same exact way with all these companies said we can't pay people fifteen dollars an hour, and then when no one's showing up to get the jobs, they're like, well, how about? $15 an hour. And of course, <laughs> the, com- good. the companies that said that certainly can pay pif- pay people $15 an hour plus quite a bit because I believe the average income now of a CEO mm. of a Fortune 500 company is 341 times the average employee. Yep. Just a hundred times the average employee and you'd be fine. You'd like, still be very you well need off. 341 wow. times. My goodness gracious. So a survey conducted by staffing firm Manpower Group. And anyone who has ever been broke in college knows about Manpower Group, <laughs> um, perhaps in more one <laughs> more mm. ways than one. Ham and biscuits, y'all. Ham and biscuits. <laughs> but Manpower Group, of course, you go in, it's a staffing agency. Right? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yes. okay. So uh, they, uh, they indicated <laughs> oh, right. that 9, 9% uh, of more than the 45,000 employer, employers worldwide were eliminating job screenings or drug tests as incentive to, quote, attract and retain in-demand talent. That equates to some 4,050 employers from 43 countries who are willing to turn a blind eye to workers' recreational <laughs> drug use uh, when it comes to filling vacant positions. Uh, this is according to the survey. Uh, they say the global talent shortage cho- the global talent shortage shows no sign of slowing, with 69% of employers reportedly reporting difficulty filling roles. Overall, it added the employment outlook is optimistic, particularly for employers that are prepared to adapt to a new world of work and offer incentives to attract, to attract and retain the talent they need, which in my opinion is, yeah, do drugs and work from home mm-hmm. if you can. Right. If you're in tech, if you're a graphic designer, if there are so many jobs now, my my friends, many of them graphic designers, are never going back to an office again. Right. My uh, one of my best friends in the whole world, Dave, he has a three year old daughter. The one blessing of the COVID pandemic (laughs) was he got to spend time with his daughter and work from home. And he just got a job now with the Mayo Clinic, and the Mayo Clinic says everyone work from home. No need to come in. So unless you're a nurse, a doctor, someone where you got to go have the human touch, mm-hmm. please work from home. And these companies need to facilitate because, as we learned, it can be done. And despite massive depression in many ways when it comes to COVID, there was a silver lining in that people who previously worked at offices actually had an uptick in their overall happiness yeah. when they no longer had to mm-hmm. go in mm-hmm. to set offices and smell people like Travis Irvine cooking fish at lunch in the microwave. I love fish at lunch, and if you don't make it in a microwave, did you make fish? That's all I have to say about that. But you're absolutely right. Happiness and productivity. People actually Mm -hmm, produced mm -hmm. better product and were more effective when working from home, when Mm. happier. It's one of the blessings, one of the silver linings of the new normal of I said blessing and silver lining. You have to come up with two different terms. All right, then it's a silver blessing. Ah, that works. Woohoo! If you know how they have have a lot of good places that you may work at or not, they have free coffee. Sure. Do you think they do that because of productivity? Right. I assume. Yes. To be fair, when I worked at Fox News, there was nothing. 
They didn't give you free no, coffee? No, it's trash. Hmm. They, there was a, they had a cookie arrangement. Because <laughs> there's the sugar. You want the sugar. There Bill O'Reilly needs the sugar. Yeah, oh, he needs a whole series of different injections. <laughs> um, they had a cookie relationship with a bakery. <laughs> this is true. With a bakery in Grand Central. Nice. And so, so the bakery would come. If anyone's ever guested on a Fox News show or anything, you'll see there's a bevy of cookies. But that's it. Uh, it was disgusting. When I went to go do some hits on CNN, they have sandwiches. Oh. That's a zucker. Ooh. Gets them to lie so good. <laughs> I, you know, uh, my goal is maybe they they find out that marijuana actually helps productivity. If you're then, a graphic designer, it ain't going to hurt. And then yeah. they start giving you guys like free joints. They oh, start the giving all the employees. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. The way they give free coffee. You know, I worked mm-hmm. at Vice News and they had a great selection of snacks, but that would be a very Vice thing to just have a collect. The doobies would be all gone by the <laughs> noon. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at Vice. However, at Vice, they'll be like, don't forget, that's your paycheck. <laughs> that's also your paycheck. <laughs> because. Because Vice, uh, for those that don't know, for all the aspiring journalists out there, we hope you're listening. And best of luck to uh, you cracking the next big story and changing the world for the better. Be very wary when it comes to Vice. Yeah. Because if they promise you money, you're going to have to go knock down the door, literally to get it. Yep. Mm. Because... They forget some things, and usually it's around (laughs) payroll. (laughs) All right, so we'll get back to workers' rights here in a little bit again. Speaking of marijuana, we'll talk about Nabisco here in uh, a little bit later in this episode. But let's move on. Let's talk about what happened with this Kabul drone strike. Kabul Mm. drone strike. Initially, the reports were that uh, one civilian was killed. Right. And now we are finding out it was 10 civilians and no members of the new ISIS-K, which is just Shredder 2, Revenge of the Ooze, Return to the Ooze, TMNT 2. This is just ISIS-K. It's so classic. It's just, you thought the first film was hardcore. Mm. Time for the (laughs) sequel. We're adding more boobs. (laughs) A United States military investigation into a deadly Kabul drone strike on a vehicle in August has found it killed 10 civilians and the driver. Uh, The vehicle, again, was targeted because uh, they said ISIS-K is in the vehicle. Uh, Unfortunately, they weren't. Another reminder why we need to get out of Afghanistan Mm -hmm. because these drones, they don't know any political agenda. They go and they destroy. That's all they do. And this is no way to nation build. We talk about 10 civilians being killed. Mm. What does that mean? 30, maybe 40 more radicalized individuals. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Every single member of the families of one of these 10 people. Mm -hmm. If I'm the brother, I'm the father, I'm the uncle, the son, the daughter, whatever, I'm pretty freaking pissed off right now. Yeah. That is the biggest danger of the war on terror. When you go kill Mm -hmm. a terrorist, you create six to 10 more terrorists who knew and loved that person, and now they're going to fight in his memory. Absolutely. So according to uh, General Frank McKenzie, he's a top general of the U.S. Central Command, he said uh, it was a mistake. Mm. And of course, when the military makes mistakes, it's not uh, taking a wrong turn and ending up at the... At a, at a strange Carl's Jr. in, in Arizona. In Albuquerque. <laughs> no, it involves the death of a uh, dang near a dozen human beings. So he had to, uh, He. this is again, General McKenzie. He goes on to say, this strike was taken in the earnest belief that it would prevent an imminent threat to our forces and the evacuees at the airport. But it was a mistake. And I offer my sincere apology. McKenzie goes on to say he is fully responsible for this strike and this tragic 
outcome. So I'm not going to sit here and say that this person purposely killed 10 civilians. Mm-hmm. I believe he probably thought that there that this vehicle was full of ISIS-K. However, again, when mistakes are made in war, they're deadly. And that is why we need to end the forever war in Afghanistan. That being said, we also need to take care of the refugees that are no doubt going to be in massive need of American support. And all of our allies, when it comes to Europe, Europe is also going to have to do their part. Let's Mm -hmm. not forget the U.S. and the British. We carried the heavy load of this borderline global war. Mm -hmm. If you look at all the factions that were in the Middle East, you know, the Germans, everyone was thrilled with the U.S. and the Brits, mostly the U.S., doing their dirty work, to quote a fantastic film, Dirty Work, that we just watched last night. Again, R.I.P. Norm MacDonald. Mm-hmm. Unlike just funny shenanigans putting prostitutes in trunks of cars, <laughs> the dirty work that the U.S. military did uh, involved a lot more blood than that. So the entire European world and the U.S. have got to join forces in taking care of these Afghan refugees. Interestingly enough, and this is one of those I'm not patting any of these people on the back because all three of these individuals are reasons why we currently have a refugee crisis. And I refuse to let it go. The Obamas, the Bushes, and the Clintons, Mm -hmm. they've joined efforts in working uh, with getting uh, refugees to America. And isn't that sweet? Those are the exact people (laughs) who should be joining in the efforts when it comes to the future current refugee crisis. Because again, Bill Clinton could have killed Osama bin Laden in 97. He didn't because he was going through an impeachment trial. Perhaps 9-11 never would have happened had he Mm. taken more appropriate action at that time. So then of course we have 9-11. We got George W. Bush Mm -hmm. and Tricky Cheney (laughs) saying let's go into Iraq and Afghanistan And of course, when it comes to Afghanistan, there was only one lone voice of uh, rationale saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't do that. That was Representative Barbara Lee. And of course, when it comes to Obama, the rhetoric didn't exactly match the policy when it comes to Afghanistan and Iraq as he uh, amped up the drone war, believing uh, or at least telling us that he believed this was a scalpel approach as opposed to a uh, machete approach right. <laughs> or a shotgun approach to Afghanistan. However, those, dro- those drones, as they landed, killed a lot of folks and, as Travis just said, created a lot of enemies. So these three people, they better, they better be on the front lines of yeah. figuring out this refugee crisis because they are all complicit in causing it. My complaint when it comes to the media coverage is, look at these American heroes, and it's like, I'm sorry, if I go and eat your sandwich and then I buy you a new one, I'm not a hero. I'm still the person who caused a massive issue who then had to solve the problem. Not that a sandwich is that big of a deal. Well, remember, Ben, a sandwich can be a hero, too. (laughs) You are just such an unbelievable delight to have on the show. That is incredible. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. 
Visit caron.org slash lost. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. So a group of former presidents and first ladies are working together to give a warm welcome to our new neighbors arriving from Taliban-controlled Afghanistan. That's a quote from People magazine. (laughs) It is so watered down and sweet. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's a little creepy. I don't know if you want to see those people first thing when you get to America. It's like, those are the people that killed my family. Wow, look at that. George W. Bush, everyone loves him now. Thank you so much, Obama. I remember your drones, Obama. Uh, And Clinton, remember Bill? Oh, Bill, you're so funny the way you would come all the time. uh, (laughs) So George W. Bush, Laura Bush, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and Michelle Obama are serving as honorary Mm -hmm. co-chairs of a new national initiative called Mm. (laughs) Welcome.us. Oh, Lord. They're just trying to pretend as if everything that they did is like, it's all good. We have we are we are honorary co-chairs of a new national initiative, and it's called Welcome.us. Yay! And they're not even doing any of the accepting. What the, the Welcome.us is apparently doing is it's just helping channel all the outpouring of the funding that uh, civilians have done. So, oh, interesting. Uh, so they're going to maybe take five percent off the that's top. That's what it's going to be. Maybe a little Venmo process. Oh, a little Patreon issue. They saw they saw a nice little money movement and were like, you know what? Let's get in. Oh so. my God! It reminds me of the tsunami back in 2004, 2005 when so much money Clinton laundry. and Bush went in there and they're like, we're going to help. And then they just took quite a bit right off the top. It is. It's disgusting. The uh, there's actually a great documentary. I believe it's called Poverty Inc. Charity Inc. Something like that, talking about uh, the unbelievable, grotesque nature of some of these air quotes nonprofit charities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they make a lot of money, and not much of it goes to the people that they are pretending to help. That's sort of the Mother Teresa scandal, right. or the Mother Teresa strategy. Right, is uh, you know, speak out of both sides of your mouth, talking about how you love all the poor, meanwhile not giving them a GD thing to help them get out of their situation. As a matter of fact almost wanting them to stay in their situation yeah. so you can continue this charity. It's almost like an activist who just makes money off being an activist. Absolutely. Again, so Welcome.us launched this past Tuesday. It announces its plans to provide, quote, a single point of entry to channel the outpouring support. As This is what Fernando just said. A single point of entry to channel the outpouring support Americans who want to get involved by donating supplies, money, or time to frontline organizations, offering temporary housing, or sponsoring Afghan families as they start new lives in the United States. According to the State Department, more than 23,000 refugees have arrived in the country since the U.S. began its large-scale evacuation. So, they opened a goodwill. It's, yes. That's <laughs> ba- basically. Half-price lamps. I am being cynical. I am happy that they, yes. if it yes. helps people, that is yes. very good. But again, I'm being cynical because much like the, the gloves the wide receivers wear in the NFL, <laughs> these people have very sticky hands oh. as well. And uh, it tends to uh, stick to money. 
The Obama said in a joint statement, at the heart of so many faiths is the idea that we should do unto others as we would <laughs> oh, as we should have, as we would have as we would have them do unto us. Well, here but come it, the drones. I don't. Oh no. Oh God, I hate when people use the Bible when they're just. Oh, the Obamas, as far as I'm concerned, he was still the best president of my lifetime, but uh, the bar is not exactly. Extremely high. The Obamas continued, many of the refugees fleeing Afghanistan stood by America and risked everything for a chance at a better life. They go on. Many women and girls in particular were at risk of losing their basic human rights. I mean, all of that is completely true Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and are just looking for a chance to live, work, and raise their families free from fear. Through Welcome.us, we can welcome and support our new Afghan neighbors and reaffirm our common humanity. So it is something that they are doing again. I am not going to put on my hand lotion and rub their backs anytime soon (laughs) because they are doing the bare minimum when it comes to helping all of the people that they Mm -hmm. helped destroy. Do on to others. (laughs) Right. Watch. And for those that think we might be being a little bit harsh when it comes to the Obama portion of the uh, 20-year war, watch (sighs) Dirty Wars. That documentary, this is before Hollywood. Dirty Wars is different from Dirty Work. Yes, Dirty Work. Watch (laughs) Dirty Work after Dirty Wars to laugh. Cheer you up, yeah. Dirty Wars, I believe the director actually won an Oscar before the Oscars refused to acknowledge anything that was important. um, Or back when the uh, Oscars perhaps acknowledged Mm -hmm. something that was important as opposed to now, where it's nothing but uh, theater, to say the least. But Dirty Wars, the Obama drone war, it was absolutely horrendous horrendous and it changed forever how the american military uses and views their abilities to conduct surveillance uh it changed forever the rationale that mm-hmm. caught the rationale um of strikes because of course if you have no assured destruction mutual assured destruction if you have no human casualties on one end and everything is being done with the drone you're going to be a little bit more cavalier yeah. and say, we don't have any troops on the ground there. Screw it. Fire away. And as we just saw very recently, when you do that, thinking ISIS-K is in that suburban, oh, it turns out it's 10 civilians. It was a white Toyota Corolla. You oh, know how no common kid? a white Toyota Corolla is? That was the intelligence. So, wow. So, you know, exactly what you're saying, Ben. Yeah. You, you, the white Toyota Corollas of all, we're going to eliminate them all because it doesn't matter. They're all the enemy. Right. So. Anyway, the uh, refugee crisis, it is underway, and we have to do what we have to do as a country to facilitate and take care of those people. And just as I made fun of that organization, I will look into it, Mm -hmm. and maybe I'll give them a couple of bucks. Because if anyone knows, actually, some really good grassroots organizations that are trustworthy, because it is so, again, talking about the disgusting monetization of charity – you never know, because so many times my my parents used to get duped all the time by these so-called Christian charities, yeah. and then we'd find out that none of the money went there, and then they'd show the yacht for whatever James Dobson or Austin. whatever Joel, Joel Osteen, the man who makes twenty million dollars a month, I believe. Oh. The man who wouldn't open his doors to hurricane victims, I believe that was in Houston, right mm-hmm. in Texas, in Texas. So if anyone knows any reputable charities, please DM me or email sidestorieslpotl at gmail.com because we would love to donate. We -hmm. just want to make sure the money is going where it deserves. And that is, of course, to help these people who are, you know, just devastated by 
a circumstance that the United States put them in. Mm-hmm. So, well, speaking of refugees, mm. it's not just uh, Afghani's that we have to think about taking mm-hmm. in. Haitians, mm-hmm. my God, they have been devastated. Of course, we have the Haitian earthquake, which I feel like Haiti has so many, so many natural disasters. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep count, but of course, the individuals of Haiti do keep count as they uh, subtract members of their family mm-hmm. who continue to die in these horrific, horrific natural disasters because of their lack of infrastructure, mm-hmm. um, lack of resources, and of course, because they have been economically ruined by Western influence, influence for a long, mm-hmm. long time. Not to mention, as we have mentioned, the assassination of the former Haitian president, and we know for a fact the CIA mm-hmm. had their hands involved in that as well. They were involved with the training of some of the assassinators. Absolutely. So the U.S., again, when it comes to our role in the world, not that we caused earthquakes or natural disasters. I mean, environmentally, perhaps you can have a larger conversation, but there has been policies put in place mm-hmm. Specifically from the British, as you were talking about, Travis. And the French. And the French that screwed over the Haitian people Mm -hmm. for generations to come. And now we're seeing another uh, upsurge in Haitian refugees. So there's a growing group of Haitians. They are currently under a bridge in Texas. Uh, The Biden administration has trying to be they're they're trying to keep this under wraps uh images of thousands of people camping under a highway overpass have reopened a favorite republican line against biden and of course that is talking about how he's not handling the southern border in Mm -hmm. this case of course we are talking straight up in texas that being said i'm not trying to sit here and politicize this because every single member of every single party and every single president in my lifetime has been complicit in failed policies overseas that mm-hmm. have led to refugee crisis. And then as soon as the refugees come here, as soon as the chickens come home to roost to some degree, mm-hmm. um, then all of a sudden the, the they will play the blame game. But uh, they need to, as we've mentioned before, take a look in the mirror and just solve the freaking problem. We have room in this country. And mm-hmm. as we just talked about, you know what else we have? A worker shortage. Mm. Talk about the people that work the most. Mm-hmm. And these are not Haitians. Well, again, people are people. Right. So there's probably some bad individuals. Sure, whatever. I don't know. Right. But then there's so many great individuals. It's just mm-hmm. human beings being human beings. Exactly. So we need to uh, we need to be open. So the Hill on Thursday, of course, the Hill website. I'm sure most of you guys have looked at it. Steve Forrester. Uh, he is uh, immigration policy coordinator at the Institute for Justice and Democracy in Haiti. This is what he had to say regarding the conditions in Haiti. He says conditions and therefore migration from Haiti is inextricably linked to the elephant in the room, i.e. U.S. foreign policy, Mm -hmm. which for well over a decade has proactively and recklessly supported corrupt anti-democratic leaders instead of civil Mm -hmm. society, resulting in institutional dysfunction and collapse. Many advocates for Haitian immigrants trace the country's current political disarray back to Obama. As a matter of fact, Obama in 2011 supported former President Mikhail Martelli. I think I'm saying that mildly right. So Martelli was the person that Obama wanted to put in office, and he did put in office. However, he was sworn in. It was a peaceful transfer of power. Uh, It left total political chaos upon his resignation in 2016, uh, designating Jovel Mosi as the party's candidate to succeed him. Now, Mosi 
was the president that was assassinated again by someone who was trained by the CIA. The Biden administration reportedly has planned uh, has plans to amp up deportations and expulsions to Haiti, primarily using the Trump-era Title 42 policy, which allows immigration officials to expel foreign nationals without hearing asylum claims under the guise of sanitary mm-hmm. protections. Right. They could have the COVID. So why, if Trump was doing it, this would be everywhere. Yes. And everyone would say, we need to take care of the refugees. But because it's Biden, Mm -hmm. using the same policy Trump used Mm -hmm. to deport these refugees who are fleeing total political chaos, again, created at the hands of our second to last president, Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. That is just an affront to what this country should be. If we're going to go sow seeds of chaos... Don't be surprised when it flowers up on the southern border and it has a massive need for water and food. Title 42 specifically is against like UN, you know, United Nations agreements and everything. So, you know, this doesn't this isn't good. These are not Mexican illegal immigrants. These are uh, these are refugees from a country that we have systematically disenfranchised. So, I mean, and they're getting it from all ends, man. Of the 800,000 people estimated to have been, been affected by a powerful 7.2 magnitude earthquake, <sighs> um, about 400,000 of those people are still in need of initial assistance. Mm. So, we're not even helping them there. No, in fact, look no further. We were speaking earlier about charities that are almost faux charities mm-hmm. or the people running them. Take a little bit on the top. Look no further than Haiti. I mean, Haiti has just been... Unbelievable. Because, right. I mean, the Clintons were involved there after the big earthquakes and the big hurricanes. I think Sean Penn was involved there. Wyclef John is a guy, the former member of the Fugees. He is Haitian. And but even they, his charity was found to be stealing right. money off of the top and not right. getting it to the people who need it. Absolutely. So the poor just continue to be screwed over. Um, and no one is there uh, to help them. And I just want to talk a little bit more about what I was discussing on uh, the earlier episode this week regarding crime rates. Mm-hmm. Because the biggest fear, again, right. the Lauren Barberts, Barbert, Barbert. She, has a, she does have a fun name to say if you're pretending to be a drunk frog. What's that? Good Lord. I'm going to say, bitch. Okay, there we go. I did it. She's a psychopath, Lauren Barbert. And anyone who, of that ilk, when it comes to immigration, the same old tired line. They're bringing guns. They're bringing violence. And I'm like, Lauren Boebert, you are currently carrying a gun. Right. <laughs> and your entire crowd is violent. Yeah, and you give it, gave it to her to insurrectionists yeah. on January 5th, ma'am. So, so, please. I don't know. Save it. So, this is according to a Cato Institute uh, research. Now, Cato Institute, of course, by no measure would you consider them liberal. No, they're libertarians. They're, liber- they're libertarians. So, um, this is what the numbers are. When it comes to convictions of Native American of native-born Americans, uh, legal immigrants, and illegal immigrants, so this was in 2018, the illegal immigrant conviction rate was 45 percent below that of native-born Americans in Texas. The general pattern of native-born Americans having the highest criminal conviction rate, followed by illegal immigrants, and then with legal immigrants, have the lowest holds for all other specific types of crimes, such as violent crimes property crimes, homicide, and sex crimes. So the narrative is bullshit. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That these immigrants are mm-hmm. going to come and rape and pillage. It's the same stuff we've been doing since birth of a nation. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm. whole idea of the, bra- the black boogeyman, he's going to come and rape your white wife. Meanwhile, white people are lynching black people for mm-hmm. fun. Right. So we have to get rid of Twitter politics. Sure. Get rid of soundbite politics. Mm-hmm. And don't listen to these freaking morons who are just trying to preserve their political future by what they believe is the right idea of further demonizing, disenfranchising, air quotes, the other, as we talk about regularly, so then that people can feel like they're superior to at least someone. Right. Because doesn't this all stem from insecure Americans who feel like they're getting screwed because someone else is getting something, when in reality, you're getting screwed and you're getting played to go attack them who are also getting screwed by the exact same people. Right. They create this us versus them mentality. It's not actually real. And you make a very good point. Who has more to lose than immigrants who come here? Exactly. Who come here for the exact reasons we were talking about earlier. Their nations they come from are torn apart Mm -hmm. and they're looking for a better future. No one is going to commit less crimes than people who are looking for a better way forward. Yep. And according to other research, uh, again, this is the Cato Institute, uh, into immigration and crime. Similarly, they found no relationship between immigration and crime. If anything, they found a slightly negative relationship. Um, So, again, we just have to look at the facts, not the rhetoric, have an open heart, and we need to open our doors to people who are in need of help as we have a job shortage. And those are the people... I mean, even if you want to be a cynic about it, those are the people who are going to be filling the jobs. Right. Mm-hmm. So that we need them. Yeah. This country needs immigrants. Yes, we need Fernando. I mean, my God. I'm here filling, and a, filling a seat. Uh. And, and Ben's family and Ben's father. We need more Germans around here. I've said that before. <laughs> okay. But of course, when we talk about immigrants, we're not... Swedish people aren't getting pulled over in Arizona. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's immigrant is code. Mm-hmm. Brown for, for oh, dark. Very because much my father's dark. an immigrant, and he dealt with certain things, sure. Mm-hmm. But it's different. It is different uh, being a German immigrant as opposed to a Haitian immigrant, as opposed to a Hispanic immigrant, and so on and so forth. How do you combat the rhetoric? Because I mean, the the facts are here, the numbers are here. But how do you combat the rhetoric? You know that that Donnie set in place that right. they're only sending the bad ones over. You know that the it's the bad Haitians that are coming over. It's the bad Mexicans. All I know is Joe Biden. He probably called Donnie, I mean, he didn't, but theoretically, and thanked him for, oh. for 42. Right. <laughs> thanked him for, uh, you Setting know, it in place. Setting that in place. So now he doesn't have to do it. Wow. But he just doesn't have to repeal it. <laughs> so then it's just normal. Right. No, it's, it's mainly dog whistles yep. from conservative politicians. I mean, even in Ohio, I believe the number Ohio is taking in is 855 Afghanis. And just, you know, we're talking about 2022 right around the, the, the corner. I mean, all the Trumpers are... Up in arms, Livid. about eight hundred and fifty-five. They're gonna vote refugees. for the Democrat. They're gonna vote Democrat. It's like <laughs> I actually don't know, man. Don't I've talked to a lot of Haitians. They're pretty conservative. Yeah. Same with Afghanis. I don't think these are gonna be massive. Mm-hmm. I think the Afghani people are gonna be very interested to hear when we have conversations about transgender people. <laughs> They're gonna be like, "What? What conversations are you guys having over here?" They're yeah. Like, yeah, that's we. This is what we we were talking about inclusion. They're like. What is this Republican Party all about? Like the Republican Party has no self-esteem mm. because really a lot of these. I mean, you look at freaking Donnie. 
He got 30% of the Hispanic vote just because of the Cuban thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Because right, right. they were so pissed off at Obama with opening relations with Cuba, they were like, fuck it. Yeah. And you know what? They might even agree with some of the negative rhetoric because they probably know some Hispanics that they hate. And they're like, Donald's right about that. (laughs) Politics of hate, as of course we learned from Roger Stone, he believes hate is a larger motivator than love. And in many ways it can be. However, uh, those things can be adjusted. But again, it is difficult to uh, overturn people's preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult and it's extremely easy to play in to those preconceived notions. In this case, that preconceived notion being immigrants lead to crime. So this was according to the Christian Science Monitor. Uh, They reference a Gallup poll. Um, They did an interview with individuals talking about immigration and wondering, do do you think this increases crime? According to a Gallup poll, 42% of residents thought that immigrants increase crime, 7% thought that immigrants decrease crime, and 50% said immigrants didn't affect crime. But that is a massive amount of people Mm -hmm. uh, who believe that immigration innately increases crime, which is absolutely not true, as we've talked about. Now, that being said, of course, we need to live in a world of upward mobility. We need to live in a world where the American dream still exists. It does it, it does for some, mm-hmm. and for others, um, it has yet to be achieved. Now, for these immigrants and for the immigrant class, as we've talked about before, they are going to be our nation's workforce for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Right. We need them. They need to be treated fairly. They need a fair wage. They need to be uh, included in the fabric of America. And that's how you deter crime anywhere. Yeah. You know, exactly. you look at the people, you know, not to, uh, it, Chicago is like the 13th most. Look at St. Louis. Let's say St. Louis instead. Mm-hmm. You look at the economics of St. Louis and the poorer areas of St. Louis. And you see the rise of crime, and that's the correlation. Mm -hmm. Economic despair, lack of upward mobility, um, just lack of any sense of of placement within our country, that's what leads to crime. And of course, I'm not sitting here saying that everyone needs to – I believe access – we all need to have the same – um, access. Mm-hmm. Now, some people are going to fail and some people won't fail. Right, and that's right. it. But when it comes to inclusion, when it comes to fairness, that's what it means. It doesn't mean that everyone gets to be president, exactly. whatever. It's that everyone has the same chance to succeed. And when we see that, then we see decrease in crime. Yes. Th- these numbers statistically show that if you give people a legal job or a legal way to work and legal access to uh, you know these types of things, that they'll they'll do that. They will not turn to a life of crime. And the numbers admit, say it. The numbers prove it. And it's freaking scary, man. We used to. I, I was speaking with my friend who was a DACA recipient. These. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. Like this whole idea that being an immigrant in America is oh, like this great freaking fear. And not to mention, they do pay taxes. Mm-hmm. You're right. So. The entire rhetoric has got to be changed. We do need to come up with rational solutions for these people who are in need of help. It can happen. One of the areas when it comes to um, decreasing economic despair, in my personal opinion, is education. Mm -hmm. You need education. And one of the ways that I would do that if I was in charge, not that I'm I'm on a stump speech here. But the way that we allocate funds to public schools is so effed up. Mm-hmm. The way it's done through local municipality, right. where it's based upon income of, lo- of the local area, 
it should be all at the state level allocated evenly throughout every school. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why that's not possible. Gerrymandering? No, it's because that's just the way that they allocate the funds. They allocate it through municipalities. So if you have a very high income area, that's going to be a better school because right. it goes through property tax. Sure. I mean, every state is completely different in how they do it. That's the idea of 50 crucibles of democracy. I know in my home state of Ohio, uh, the way we fund our schools has been found unconstitutional over and over again, most recently, uh, like 20 years ago. Um, so it really needs to be money following students. So it's municipalities, it's school districts, and then at the end of the day, results from students. And get rid of the bureaucracy of these goddamn schools. Give it to the students. And by give it to the students, I mean, we're talking books, we're talking iPads, whatever the hell a kid needs now, which I can't even fathom. I still t- I took typewriting class by sister Susan Bundy <laughs> yeah. when I was in high school, who I swear to God told me computers were a fad. Oh, they'll <laughs> she go al- away soon. She also used to pick her nose and eat it in class. In front of you guys? Yeah. Oh my God. And she had a whole drawer full of snacks. Oh, boogers? You mean no. snacks? You mean boogers? She was, it was, it was sister Susan Bundy. And then it was sister, was it sister Teresa? I forget but they lived together and oh. they were life partners. Oh. They're fun. They're they fun. were they were those kind of nuns. But yeah, she would just straight up pick her nose and eat it in class. But what the kids need, what these kids need in school uh, is, uh, is again, proper technology so they can mm-hmm. keep up. Exactly. So they aren't immediately, uh, you know, 10 feet back from the starting line. And that's all it means when it comes to equality. It's not that everyone gets a job. It's that everyone has access to that job and uh, the same springboard uh, to get up on those, uh, to get up on, to get up on those un- uneven bars that is American life, right? And uh, and do the best you possibly can. And of course, that's just from a domestic policy standpoint. Foreign policy equally important. Let's stop pouring our taxpayer dollars into other countries where we pull them apart, and we need to force all these people to leave in the first place. Absolutely, and that's why I have my thoughts on it because we did it. We did it. Yep. And every war hawk. Every Republican, mm-hmm. every Democrat, Democrat that voted for the frickin' war in Afghanistan and Iraq, I'm sorry, you just don't get to complain now. Right. Because now we have to clean up the mess. Yes. That all of you cost. Yes. Go stand with the Obamas, the Bushes, and the Clintons yeah. and welcome these people in, please. You better. And Donald, you can stay home. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> Put him in a Trump hotel, perhaps. Who knows? Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. All right. Well, let's move on. Speaking of workers' rights, I actually had not heard about this before. So Nabisco, you know them because they have all their candies and Oreo. all the fun. They're killing people through diabetes. Oh. But that's the best way to die. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I just found out uh, one of my friends uh, texted me. I think she uh, was telling me that she hates me and I'm unhealthy. But she mentioned how uh, Waylon Jennings died of diabetes and he mm. lost a foot towards the end. Oh. But isn't that kind of fun? So Nabisco workers. 
they were on strike, and it looks as if the strike may have worked. Again, we don't fully know yet, uh, but more than 1,000 staff members at Nabisco Bakeries are on strike across the United States in order to win improvements to work conditions and pay. Nabisco, of course, you'll know uh, you'll you'll know them because they're famous for Oreo cookies, Ritz crackers, Chips Ahoy, and other snacks. Yep. Isn't that cute? It's like the it's like the um you know how when like someone is really nice, like I'm like Mario Lopez, mm-hmm. and you're like he's so nice and cute, but then I've heard horror stories from everyone who's ever worked with him. <laughs> sure. That's what Nabisco is. We're like, mm-hmm. how could anyone who makes Chips Ahoy be bad? Right. Because Chips Ahoy is so good. A little chocolate. Nab- Nabisco, the Mario Lopez of snacks. <laughs> <laughs> so workers' rights activist Brett Banditelli, uh, again. Not on the show, the activist. Okay. This man seems like he was an actual activist. He worked, uh, he's based out of Los Angeles County. As a matter of fact, Brad, if you'd like to uh, come on the show, please. Uh, He tweeted a photograph of packed shelves full of Nabisco products on September 14th. He captioned his Facebook post with, Facebook comments are filled with pictures of unsold cookies, and I love it. Hashtag Nabisco strike. Because again, the only way to get these companies to uh, pay attention Mm -hmm. in some ways basically in any way, is through the pocketbook. So the employees claim that the food company is trying to introduce a new labor contract Mm -hmm. that would see workers put in extra hours while paying them less overtime. Oh, neat. Yeah, isn't that nice? They also want to introduce mandatory weekend work and new health insurance plans with what? Increased cost. Isn't that exciting? Oh, wow. This is such an exciting thing. Also, let me just search. How much did Nabisco... I'm searching this right now. How much... Did Nabisco make in 2019 or 20? Let's just say, let's go 2020. A lot of money, Ben, because they are making the Pokemon cookies now. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, their revenue rose, uh, it rose yeah. to 2.38 uh, billion mm-hmm. from 2.33 billion. Wow. So uh, they're doing better than ever. Yeah. Yet the workers. I guess, need to get the shaft because all of their hard work and everything that they did helped raise revenue for the company. But now the company is like, thank you, bye. And they don't give a flying shit about them. Well, hopefully. You would think that you would think in a proper world, in a proper capitalist society. Again, we're we're in late stage crony capitalism or in corrupt capitalism we are in, as we talked about in the last episode, we are in monopolized capitalism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As these huge corporations snuff out any small business, which is not the American dream. But when it comes to these employees, you would think they would get a raise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Theoretically, when the company does better, you should also do better. But I guess not always the case when it comes to the sweet, sweet world of Nabisco. Yeah, and I don't know what the CEO uh, makes of Nabisco, but you got to think it's probably right in that range of 300 times more than these poor workers mm-hmm. who are just trying to get better working conditions. Absolutely. It's been a PR nightmare for them, you know, which is uh, which is the only you vote with your dollar. Yeah. It really makes the change. Uh, they they outsourced a lot of their work to Mexico. They've been changing the they've been reducing employee pensions. Wow. They had it coming. And also while working with one of the richest companies in the world, which mm-hmm. is Pokemon. Yes. You know, yeah. Record profits, but record destruction of your employees. So the CEO uh, is currently making anywhere from 16 to 17 million dollars per year wow per year that's per so year. much money it's just so much you just don't need it it's just so much money make 10 million dollars per year <laughs> yeah you're gonna be fine what I do the keebler you. elves make i want to know <laughs> their salaries <laughs> they live in trees so 
Yeah. It can't I be mean, too much. Well, you wait. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a tree around Los Angeles is going for five grand a month. <laughs> Fair. It's not even just, it's not even about money. When you hear some of these workers talk about how they're not able to spend time with their families right. because of the way their schedules are. Forced work, weekends. What yeah, are we talking suicide about Suicide shifts. Like, cra- you can't go to a graduation because you have to go make cookies. And, like, uh, and then you have the flip side of that where you got these people be like, we need to bring back the American family. Well, you know what's a nice way to do that? Weekends. Yes. Mm-hmm. Vacation time. Good Lord almighty. 40 hour work weeks, not 80 hour unpaid. And even that 40 hour, I mean. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So in some possible silver lining here. So a tentative contract agreement has been reached between Snack Company and Medellis. Also, Snack Company makes it sound not nefarious enough. (laughs) <laughs> like snack company makes it sound too cute. Mm-hmm. Right. It is a snack company, I guess, but it it's bigger snacks. than that. It's yeah. a huge company. It's a massive corporation. You have to think about it's Mondelez. You have to think about how Mondelez is treating if they're treating the American workers like this. What are they treating the workers in other countries like? That's oh a my fan, God. that's a fantastic yeah. point. So the bakery confection confectionery tobacco workers and grain millers international union and Mondelez uh, issued separate statements Wednesday announcing that a tentative deal has been discussed. According to the Mandela's spokesperson, Lori M. Guzaniti, or Guzanati, she says the tentative agreement has been fully recommended by both parties. Local officers on the committee will present the tentative agreement to workers in the upcoming days. Anthony Shelton, the union's international president, said in a statement it was uncertain when a vote would take place. And according to Liz Schuler, the new president of the AFL-CIO Union Federation, they met last week to talk with about two dozen workers from a plant in Henrico, Virginia. This is what she had to say. She says, they're taking tremendous courage to walk out and walk these picket lines because they know if they don't take a stand, mm-hmm. then wages and conditions continue to erode. And that has an effect on everyone in this country. She finishes up. We are fed up by the way we have been treated. So hopefully we will figure out what exactly is in that agreement. Mm -hmm. And kudos to the workers for doing the most American thing you can do. It's brave. Protest, protest, protest. And the audacity of this billion, multi-billion dollar company where the CEO makes $17 million a year. The audacity of that new fun labor contract is just disgusting. Disgusting. Absolutely. I mean, this has been a struggle in America for the last 150 years, since the Gilded Age, uh, 1880s. I mean, this is what led to the progressive movement of the late 1800s into the early 1900s. It's been happening for a long time. You got to stand up for your rights at some point and live like a human being. Yep. And these people, every time you look at it, every time you see a little Oreo cookie, you should remember somebody did that. These products don't just magically appear on the shelves. They are transported through truck drivers. They are mm-hmm. created. They are they are created in uh, in labs. They're created in factories. <laughs> They're created by human beings. The entire right. chain of command that gets that little Keebler created product to the shelf is. Um, is, is not there on accident. So it's not elves and trees, Ben. That's what you're telling me. Well, no. we don't know that. These elves need to be paid better. That's all I know. Folks, it's the elves and the trees. It's over overworked Portland, Oregon. Elves. <laughs> you know, that was probably in the labor contract, too. They were going to make them dress like little elves. Oh. Have been a, it's Elf Wednesday. <laughs> it's like casual Friday, but way worse. Oh, my God. Anyway, all right. Well, just lastly, and of course, there's so many, so much more news, but we'll get to it next week. More than 40% of the U.S., uh, they want to sleep with sex robots. 
So this is kind of a story, you know, I like to talk about my, uh, the overall takeover of the robot kind, the AI is going to destroy all of us. I love robots. I know you do, Fernando. (laughs) So uh, there was a survey by an AI AI company, Tidio. (laughs) It's T-I-D-I-O. Okay. It's Tidio. It is Tidio. I believe you. They did something there. They did did that on purpose. So they surveyed 1,200 people. Four in 10 said they would sleep with a humanoid robot. I don't know about the term sleep. I mean, I think it's like probably cut it up a little bit and bite its nipples, but whatever. Men were more likely to say that they would. 48% saying, yeah, they were up for it compared to only 33% of women. However, it's likely to be a no-wires-attached situation. (laughs) This is according to a Daily Star article. As 39% believe they could have a romantic relationship or fall in love with AI. So, Fernando, what kind of robot would you want, and um, how do we get it for you? Yeah. Um, Well... I kind of want an interchangeable robot. I want to be able to change it up. It says as, as far as what? Just everything. I want to be. What if I? What if I want two you're, heads? Or you know, you're going to alter your robot. You don't think your robot's beautiful enough? Oh no, Ben. You don't think that's going to do well to the AI? Don't. The AI is going to absorb all of it. Next thing you know, we got crying robots all oh, over the street no. because they had sex with Fernando. <laughs> oh no, you're going to make all these robots cry, Fernando. Oh man. What a, do you think, robot? The AI is going to get jealous when I have two of them? Well, it depends how accurate they are. Oh, yeah, so there you go. According to doctor, this dude, his, his name is Dr. Levy. Well, that's all I'll say. Uh, they say, there are people who have feelings of love for their sex dolls. So mm. I think the potential is there for a large amount of humans to fall in love with sex robots. But the technology isn't there yet because uh, they can't ask you for money afterwards. So mm. he continued, uh, okay. I am pretty much convinced that by 2050, there will be software that can carry on conversation that will be as good as you can have with a human. My goodness. I mean, all the ideas of Nabisco and Amazon, all these ideas of putting robots into the workplace, I got bad news for them. It's not going to cut down on your workplace romances. It's going to increase them tenfold. Barry, can you please stop fucking that new AC machine? (laughs) It loves me for me. You know, I'm a dreamer, so I see the good in this. You know, uh, obviously there's some people that are going to fuck the robots. I'm not going to, I don't plan on having sex with the robots yet. Uh But, but, you know, these will work in like uh, for retirement homes. Not not for them to have sex with them, but for them to, you know, talk to. I actually, I, I truly agree. I don't care. Technology can be used for such horrible things. Sex is the least of my worries. <laughs> right, right, right. I wish they only made fuck dolls yes. and did not have any AI technology that can monitor my retina as I walk down the street. That's what Obama should have been using this whole time. Sex drones. You shoot a nice orgasmo that- ray at them. And then they just come themselves to death. That's Austin Powers. Oh, okay. You referenced Austin Powers. Very good. I think it's Orgasmo. It's South Park. Okay, that works as well. (laughs) Yeah. The Fembots. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Well, I'll get killed by one of these (laughs) AI women one day. Don't even worry about that. Um, Maybe artificial intelligence will be more fun than... Uh, something else there. All right. <laughs> okay. so, I mean, there's a lot of. Sometimes you, I was talking with some. Sometimes you have conversations with people, and then you're like, "Whoa, I could go for a for a robot. Here. <laughs> go for some artificial intelligence because whatever that is." And then the robots like. Facebook is ruined, Ben. Yeah, exactly. And the robot's like, you know there's lizard people in the center of Earth? I'm like, God damn it. Oh, no. That robot's on Parlor. Oh, that robot's on Parlor. God dang it all. That's what happened with my favorite bartender in in Mandalay Bay. She's retired now. Thank you. But uh, she has some ideas. (laughs) 
All right. Well, I guess that's enough for today. I uh, hope everyone uh, learned a little bit. I'm sure you all know so much already, too. So hope everyone is happy and healthy and safe out there. Uh, anything else, guys? No, uh, I really thank you, everyone, who did support the Nabisco strike. You yeah, know, absolutely. Uh, I know a lot of people who are huge Pokemon fans, and uh, seeing a Pikachu cookie but not buying it must have taken every All ounce the strength. of strength. All the strength. <laughs> absolutely. And I'll give a shout out to a, a Colorado governor, Jared Polis. Oh, he's yes. The first that's a openly nice story. gay man, elected governor, and now he's the first openly gay governor to get married while he was in office in a same sex ceremony. So, congratulations. Who the polices? And again, yes, absolutely. He just happens uh, to be gay, and it's all about normalizing what is indeed normal. Yeah, Polis is married, 46, married to a fella. He's 40, and they've been together for 18 years and have two children, seven-year-old boy and a nine-year-old girl. And the family lives in Boulder. So nothing bad can happen in Boulder, Colorado. Really setting the stage for me to marry two robots. There you go. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, This is what the couple said in the statement. They say, the greatest lesson we have learned over the past 18 months, of course, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, during during COVID, COVID, is that life as we know it can change in an instant. We are thankful for the health and well-being of our family and friends and the opportunity to celebrate our life together as a married couple. And of course... Colorado, as we talked about earlier this year, Governor Polis has announced they will be taking in Afghan refugees. There you go. So, uh, Jared Polis, doing some good work out there. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch. When it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great.